The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive in uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Keep Leading Live. I am your host, Eddie Turner, and I am the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact through the power of executive and leadership coaching, through facilitation, and through professional speaking. Keep Leading Live. Like the Keep Leading Podcast is dedicated to leadership development and insights. Today, what I want to talk about is our leadership path. One of the things I always say is sometimes my friends in human resources and HR, we do a great job of uh, bringing people and talent to the organization, but sometimes we screen out candidates we shouldn't screen out at the resume level. Because sometimes we're looking for people who've done one thing their entire life, their entire career. But really, the person that's done a little bit of this, a little bit of that, that's our change agent. That person really has shown themselves to be adept at learning, adjusting, and uh, uh, acquiring new skills that we need, especially at a a time like today. So how do we acknowledge those whose paths are different? How do we develop leadership? by shaping our own path. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today with my esteemed guest, the amazing Alex Lazarus. You see her there. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this amazing guest that I have. Alex heads up Lazarus and Maverick, a global network of experts in behavioral and change. And they are also experts in high performance, leadership excellence, and organizational effectiveness. She has access to first-class executive coaches and facilitators in most locations in the world. Now, that's pretty bodacious, Alex, when I read that. (laughs) Something else about Alex, uh, she's worked at Fox, and something that gives her credibility as one of the best moms in the world, she worked at Disney. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So That's true. uh, And she worked at Richard Branson's Virgin Headquarters. She was responsible for people management, strategy. She's launched television channels, awards, franchise management, and partnerships. Alex credits Richard Branson with inspiring her to put curiosity back in business. She is an award-winning marketer and a member of the prestigious Marshall Goldsmith, 100 Coaches. Alex, welcome to Keep Leading Live. 
Hi, Eddie. I'm smiling because your music in the intro just got me dancing. It's just impossible not to enter <laughs> your show and just smile. You can throw any question at me right now and be like, yay. <laughs> so it's a pleasure to be here, Eddie. I, I have seriously been considering cancelling my Netflix subscription because your shows are so great. And, uh, wow. and I just keep watching your podcast, listening to your podcast, watching your live shows. Uh, and I think you have been doing a tremendous job in keeping us uplifted in this really difficult and testing times. So I hope that you have a break coming up because what you have done, it's really quite incredible how you brought community of thought leaders together to share, share in authentic, real way, uh, what it's like to be a leader, especially now. So thank you. You are so sweet. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate you, Alex. And I'll tell you what, something else you said that really just made my heart melt. You told me that you were watching this show with your nine-year-old son. I'm like, what nine-year-old is watching my show? <laughs> so I know he must really be watching today. <laughs> they are being, you know, evacuated to different parts of London for an hour. No, they are downstairs, but they will be watching the replay, I'm sure. I'm sure. So tell us, because, you know, uh, Marshall said something uh, when I was on his show with someone from London, that anyone with a British accent, someone who lives in London like you or UK, is automatically perceived as being 15% smarter than us as Americans. <laughs> so tell us where you're from. <laughs> tell us about you, because your amazing audience automatically, I'm sorry, your amazing uh accent resonates with the audience i'm sure it's, it's what part of the reason why i smile <laughs> it's a great question because i'm not originally from uk and uh whenever i'm in uk and if i'm very very tired people ask me where are you from so my accent starts to uh, slip back into my uh, mother tongue accent however when i go to the u.s i remember once i was in the in new york and tried to helped my mom with her not so well dog and we went to some vet um, hospital in downtown Manhattan and uh, and I got through to the beginning of the line just because the lady really loved my British accent it was the first time somebody actually told me that I sound very British my accents my um, I'm originally from Poland uh, where I grew up I went to school high school there and I came to London to come to university and uh, two weeks later well it was originally a two-week ticket and two week extended into two months six months and uh, um, sometime later I won't reveal my age but sometime many decades later I'm here and this is my home I've got many homes I'm a global citizen uh, and it's been a, a wonderful place to uh, have my career have my family um, but wherever I go back to my home um, home country it's uh, just as delightful and especially to make jokes in your in your mother tongue Telling jokes in your mother tongue. Wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing a little bit about your background and where you're from. And what we'd like to know now is a little bit more about your leadership path, because everybody takes a different path. So tell us about your leadership path, Alex. Absolutely. And, and I think that the, the world we live in now um, enables people to have all kinds of different leadership paths. It doesn't have to be so linear, perhaps, as in when I had to have it. But the way I describe my leadership path is by separating or rather merging that leadership is not just a corporate or organizational competency it's a personal competency so I learned leadership and self-leadership in a way uh, through my again just just through my upbringing and I know this show is all about you know being real and just sharing candidly 
what makes us who we are and how this impacts on how we lead others. Um, I had a situation where my my parents immigrated to the US. I was very young, I was a teenager and I was left sort of to, I wouldn't say to fend for myself, but I was definitely exposed at a very young age to the concept of leading myself. And, uh, and that um, lesson, a life lesson, uh, has really taught me a lot about the power of decisions and how a, a decision in a moment will have an impact on the next moment and on the next moment and on the next moment. So with a decision comes choice. So I learned very quickly about the importance of a conscious choice and, and an importance of decision. And I also learned that if you make a wrong decision and you choose to do that, you just got to bear the consequences. Sometimes they work, especially when you're a teenager, and sometimes they're not. And that's how you learn really about the what leadership is. My leadership path then, as I mentioned earlier, I came to the UK. I was very young when I came to the UK. And I came still at a time where um, the the cultural diversity wasn't as as normal as it is now and in 2020. Uh, I have had a few opportunities to gain work experience. I was very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had a situation where um, I went for um, a job, a well-known company, and I was asked to spell certain English words. And I was told that I probably, probably don't have enough knowledge about the UK market to, to warrant me the job. So when I went to Virgin, uh, I will always be indebted to Virgin because nobody asked me where I was from. Um, nobody asked me one of those sort of tedious, boring questions that you'd ask a very young person before they even know themselves. Mm-hmm. They embraced my spirit. Um, I embraced their spirit. And it was a, a fantastic company to work for. And watching somebody that like Richard, and I do call him quite a lot, is because as a young person coming from a former Soviet Union um country with a certain leadership paradigm drummed into my head of a very much command control you met a leader at such a young age who was very inclusive who was um uh, whether you were young or, or or of a different age that just was not important and i really like that uh, and also you just saw how much you can get out of people if you just show them that they can do it that you believe in them that you don't hire on just existing expertise, but you hire on potential. And I think Virgin was very ahead of the game back in, you know, two decades ago. It is now two decades ago. Uh, and Isn't that something? That, yeah, it's really, it's, it's amazing just to think about it. But Richard had such legacy on our memories, corporate memories, that last June, um, 30 of us or so, we hired a, a house in uh, North uh, Yorkshire, um, in, I think it was North Yorkshire, uh, in the UK, and we just got back together. It was our 20th anniversary from the time when we uh, did a similar thing uh, when we were much younger and freer. And it was amazing. It was a three days spent on trekking across beautiful countryside and reminiscing about those days. And I think that is the power of an incredible leadership, a leader that makes you think about who and how do you want to be, not just in the workplace, not just in your desk, at your desk, but who do you want to be in life and how do you want to conduct yourself? Um, that to me was uh, a very fundamental switch, like from two very drastic, different perspectives, the mm-hmm. command control of the pharmaceutical uh, block and then into a very democratized style of leadership. And I thought, I like that. I really like that. <laughs> Something about autonomy and mastery and purpose, you know, those three components of how to really get people intrinsically yes. motivated. 
yes. it spoke to me and I thought if I can replicate that when I am a leader one day myself I will and I hope I did that well good and you make an interesting point that ties into what I was saying in the opening regarding the idea of hiring for potential rather than for experience mm -hmm. can you talk about the reason that can be a differentiator in the leadership space for both the hirer and the person being hired? Oh, absolutely. Um, I have this one saying, um, which is, I don't want to be, I, my new role should be, I'm an EFTO. Um, and that stands for an expert on finding things out. Uh, I, very often I do leadership courses or I coach on a one-to-one -one and uh, clients who, who, who have been celebrated as experts are finding this new space of, space of um, a turnover of expertise, um, very dynamic at the moment. And sometimes it's a, a little daunting to, to think maybe I don't know everything today. And that ability to believe in your potential is at that point really, really important to realize that that's something you can tap into. So I say to um, my clients, my mentees and people I work with, um, that it's very important to be comfortable about not knowing things. Um, but it's very important to also be very comfortable about finding things out. So that, that that's about curiosity. It's also about how you communicate it, how you ground yourself in front of clients, with clients, where you partner with them and say, this is a really interesting perspective you are adding to this conversation. We'll find things out. Um, now, what I think the um, the... the it's a fundamental importance when you are the hiring person and when you're getting hired on potential because I think um, work is one of life's activities mm -hmm. and, and I think that organization uh, the organizational leaders have I believe have a duty to create communities um, communities that role model what should be happening outside of organizational life at the same time that it, through our friendships after work, we also want to role model what we then bring into the organizations. It's a, you know, it's a, it's one is not exclusive to the other. Um, and as we create that community, great community of human beings together by enabling talent and, uh, and tapping into yet unspotted talent, um, growing somebody's self-belief, um, you really can tap into creativity that you didn't even know existed within that person or within this uh, let's say, social ranks in the organization, which I don't believe in. Uh, when you hire someone on potential, and it's labeled like a flower, it just needs a bit of the right condition, a bit of watering, a bit of feeding and nurturing. And you see what you have um, not created, but how much you've contributed to someone else's success. I think that's real leadership. I think that's leadership. Giving people chances will lead to more diversity, will lead to more inclusion. Um, and will lead to good practice uh, on a community level, whether it's organizational or whether it's somewhere else. Because I do think what goes around comes around. Um, mm -hmm. the, the incredible gesture that uh, Virgin granted me um, created my behavioral habits that uh, hopefully uh, you know, propagate that. And I'll be continuing that pattern until and for as long as I can. Wonderful. Yeah, and, and along those lines, uh, I often quote Dr. Willie Jolly. Dr. Willie Jolly mm -hmm. says that sometimes we have to believe in someone else until they can believe in themselves. And that's exactly the beauty that comes from doing what you're talking about. Yeah, and there was also, I can't remember who said that, but it was also a beautiful quote, which said that to believe in good, you have to believe that good is there. Mm. And I think that's also an important aspect of hiring 
because we don't want to hire people in our own image. We want to hire people who might make us feel a little bit uneasy. Those feelings <laughs> that have been branded 10 years ago as suspicious. All it means is that you are being introduced to perhaps a new way of being, new way of thinking. And it, th this is that discomfort in, with the unknown. That's exactly what we have to master. So um, I, I, I've just recently, a couple of weeks ago, ran a leadership session for um, some of our um, internal uh, influ influencers, stakeholders and friends, industry friends, mm -hmm. um, and some of my clients with um, the film producer for King's Speech and Gareth Ellis-Unwin, fantastic, fantastic leader and speaker. And Gareth was saying how in the arts and entertainment industry is very, very important to be very conscious about not hiring talent in your own image and you just have lots of little mini me's and we know that yes. art and entertainment <laughs> is the one genre right we we learn so much through arts and entertainment we yes. learn from that sector things that sometimes are not spoken openly in mm -hmm. other more traditional uh segments of society so i'm i, I if, if i can um, hire if i do hire when i did hire I hired typically um, because I saw a spark in that person or I saw their thinking that I didn't think I had. And I was very um, in awe of that. Not hiring a bunch of mini me's. <laughs> exactly. Leadership lesson of the day, right? Yeah. So, it is. so many times it is. people are afraid to look outside of themselves. They don't want that person that's different. But really, that is where that person's leadership path can take shape. And ourselves as leaders, we can take shape if we are willing to expand our own boundaries. So thank you for highlighting that. But we'll have more right after this. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the Leadership Accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one -on -one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Phil M. Jones, author of Exactly What to Say, exactly how to sell and exactly where to start. And you're listening to the Keep Leading podcast with Eddie Turner. Awesome. So Alex, I'm thoroughly enjoying our conversation. What I like to do now is to take a brief pause uh, for uh, acknowledging a few people uh, key to the show. Uh, I have several people who sponsor the Keep Leading podcast, and I thank all my sponsors. Uh, this month especially, I uh, want to do a special uh, acknowledgement to Starbucks. I appreciate Starbucks and Goldman Sachs. Appreciate your support of the Keep Leading podcast and Keep Leading Live, along with C-Suite Radio. C-Suite Radio, part of the C-Suite Network, turning up the volume on business through podcasts like this. And so I appreciate uh, the support of the C-Suite Radio Network. And finally, the Grand Heron International mm -hmm. Coaching Organization in Canada. Absolutely love those folks and the work that they're doing. 
The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive during uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. So those are the folks I want to acknowledge. And then of course, the Keep Leading Podcast. Download it on Apple or anywhere you get your podcast. But um, on Apple especially, if you write a review, give me a five-star rating. If you think it's worth five stars, that is most appreciated. <clears throat> Question comes in from Lonnie Williams for you, Alex. Coming back with the amazing Alex Lazarus. I should mention that she's a CEO and a leadership coach. She's a behavioral change scientist, business consulting expert, and a member of the esteemed Marshall Goldsmith 100 Coaches. We have a question that's coming in from Facebook. Uh, Lonnie Williams actually has a question. As leaders, do you believe in tools such as Clifton Strengths Finder? How do you feel about that, Alex? Do you use that one? I don't use that one, Lonnie. Um, do I believe in tools in general and tools that uh, aim to identify strengths uh, or areas for development? I do believe that they can have a, a huge value. It just depends how they are, um, how they facilitate it. And, 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 and also it goes down to, I think, the person believes of the facilitator and the coach. Do we believe that we're typed? Do we believe in typing? Do we believe that we can all change? What is our position with regards to change? Um, when it comes to, so could you give you an answer about general tools that identify strengths or areas for development or our habits or our default behaviors under pressure? I think these, these can be really useful frameworks for conversation. And then what you do with that, you um, obviously take that on, you, you merge that with your own developmental journey, whether you're a coach or whether you're a facilitator. But the tools that I would be um, hesitant to use are those that have a claim to know us through and through, to type us and to pat me on the shoulder for being the creative or for being the explorer. Um, I stay away from those labels because I think uh, they can be unhelpful when we are challenging people to diversify ourselves uh, in order to get on and build a better rapport with people who are unlike us. Um, I hope that's answer to your question. Excellent. Uh, Alex, thank you for that answer. And uh, thank you for that question, uh, Lonnie. So you told us how you shaped your leadership path. What advice do you have for individuals tuned in listening to us right now who have questions about shaping their own leadership path? Uh, thank you. This is a very, very good question. I think in practical terms, I, I mentioned kind of my my maybe conceptual my philosophical uh, also contribution to leadership as a personal competency as well as uh, corporate the one thing that really helps to go through uh, the a to z of leadership is to lead other people and to have a team to manage something and it doesn't mean that you have to be a point of authority decisiveness and the sign-offs but to understand what does it mean to lead and to lead it is to influence what is it that you are trying to influence in which direction? Uh, and, and you can only really practice the leading others uh, through interacting with other people. And I say often that leadership is a 
Leadership is a combination of interactions and contexts. And if you can win, 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 so it's a triple win for everybody involved, you, them, and the ecosystem through each interaction. And if you can get the best out of people through each interaction and the best out of yourself and each context that so you are adaptable, you're a bit of a shapeshifter, still authentic, but you also know that different contexts require different style of leadership. If you can practice that and learn uh, and at the same time develop yourself through different self-awareness tools, through feedback, 360 feedback, have your goal map, have your goal, um, let's say a vision board. So you mm-hmm. do have a, an, an ultimate plan and some kind of a path that will uh, guide you for the next couple of years. I think that's really, really useful. Uh, what I do see where people are starting to resent leadership is when they are leading people. So they have been fantastic managers and then they step up to leadership role and things like conflict management, difficult conversations. Uh, this is These are things that emotionally train them. They are they are exhausted at the end of the day because maybe they haven't had the training. And then what, we, what I'm noticing as well is that once we go through leadership training with our clients, whether it's groups or individuals, that interaction, which as I said earlier, it's a big part of what leadership really is becomes easy to them because they have tools. And I call those discussion tools. Okay. Um, and it can range from complex conversation, etc. So I would say that the, the number one is really to, to practice leading others. And that can be your role at home. That can be if you're younger and you haven't got a team and you don't intend to have. But perhaps it's a, it's a charitable project. It's a passion project. And identify your stakeholders and, and, and see how much you can get people onto your vision and, and join you on your vision. And then one last thing about that, I think about leadership in practice, which isn't easy, and especially I think now with the global pandemic and COVID that's testing us and is asking of us quite a lot, I think, at the moment. But the one thing I I go back to every single behavior will have an impact on the rest of your day and on your reputation is to think about that, that everything I communicate and everything I don't communicate will um, influence people to either look at me as a leader, look up to me, look through me or look away from me. And as a leader, I used to say that to myself a lot, thinking, is what I'm doing right now, is this getting the people that I lead and manage onto our vision? Or am I doing something that is really anti-leadership and actually they will want to look away from me? Sometimes we do those behaviors when we are absolutely under pressure and we snap or, but I think reflectiveness comes into place where you just learn, refine your style, self-manage yourself and ask yourself this question. What do others whom I supposed to lead? What is their reaction to my leadership style? Good. Is there in this pursuit of their own leadership style, is there one single, because I'm sure there are many, is there one single mistake you see many people making over and over throughout your global practice? I, yes, there, there, there is. One is um, we're noticing because no man is an island anymore and the command and control is not enough to get the best out of people. Uh, and if it is, it's just through fear and threat, and it's very short-lived. And the war on talent, although I don't quite like this expression, but to get really good people at the moment uh, isn't as easy as it used to be. So you want to hold on to great people, and you want to develop great people. The number mis- number one mistake is, um, I think, inability to speed read the room and persisting to be who you think you are, how you've always been, and using that almost as an excuse. You got me to this place. And I think as, as our um, the leader of MG100, Marshall Goldsmith, has said it in his book, what got you here won't get you there. 
it's a persistence with being how we've always been. And um, fear, maybe a lack of courage to look at yourself and say, which bits of me I could grow so you could buy to because they don't work for me anymore. I need to evolve. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I've been bad up till now. It doesn't mean I haven't been effective. But it's that it's that invitation to keep on evolving and keep on growing, have a learner's mindset. So the one mistake, number one, uh, I think I have seen is um, a, a sort of an obstinate and quite a stubborn attitude, my way or highway, and they've got to adapt. Uh, and that is very short-lived. I have seen uh, executives, I haven't coached them personally, but I have known and seen executives hit a a glass or hit a ceiling much earlier in their career than others because the board um, was concerned about their people's skills and their lack of adaptability, even though they were fantastic experts in the market. And another thing just to add to that, I just remembered um, somebody who's, I I coached, my organization coached somebody um, who was, uh, again, a really impressive uh, person. However, their sponsor for that coaching said to to us in the brief, it's easy to buy experts. It's easy to buy expertise. Expertise is everywhere, but leading skills, that's the heart of it. That's what I want that person to acquire. Uh, I like that, that. that really and that really stayed with me because it seemed that in that particular sector I'm not going to mention which one expertise seemed to be uh, something more much more accessible and the competitiveness in the market in terms of talent is quite, probably quite high or there's a or, or rather there's a lot of talent in that particular sector but the one thing that the sponsor was looking for was looking for a great expert who was an incredible people leader and they were willing to invest in that person a substantial amount of money to keep developing those people's skills. Mm. You can buy experts everywhere, but not at leadership. Well, I think it comes with democratization of knowledge and expertise. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. when I was at university, uh, you had to go physically to the library to learn. You know, you carried your heavy books and you learned. You You couldn't just Google everything? (laughs) I know. Well, that gives you my age. I couldn't Google everything. I couldn't believe there's something that, you know, invented as as a Google. I remember that. It was a fantastic thing. I wish I had that. I'm a big, uh, I have a huge appetite for learning and uh, curiosity got me to wrong places sometimes. But I, I, I think the, the, the expertise and the knowledge is democratized. And I keep telling people in a knowledge economy, it's about the quality of your thinking. It's not about what you knew yesterday. It's about how you yes. find things out and, yes. and how you connect the dots in a very creative way, which we know that uh, creative thinking is one of the top competencies um, identified by the World Economic Forum 2020. And we end this year, completely. I used to quote that a few years ago, and here we are. Here we are. So. Well, I am talking to the amazing Alex Lazarus, and we are talking about shaping your leadership path. Uh, I've been thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Uh, as we move to our windup, I'm going to encourage you, if you have any questions for Alex, please drop it into the, the chat box there. Hit the like button if you like what we're talking about. Share this episode with your network, and they can tune in to uh, our conversation as well. Alex, what is the main point that you want to leave with our listeners who've tuned into today's session? That's a hard one. Just one. <laughs> the you main, can do as many as you want. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. The main, the main point, I think, I, I think leadership is a hard gig uh, and yeah. it, re- it comes with responsibility. It's also one of the most fascinating um, things I have done. And I'm passionate about 
enabling leaders to take those risks, to exert themselves to lead other people. That means taking care of other people. That means building positive humanistic uh, communities. But it also means you yourself could get exhausted at certain points. So surround yourself with well-wishers. Just because you are a CEO or you're a president or you are an MD very high up there doesn't mean, and I know that firsthand from my clients, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you do not need help and support. Uh, So I would say to leaders, uh, regardless of um, the the experience that you have, is to um, really be kind to yourself. Because if you are uh, snapping, if you are overextending your strengths, if you are running on empty, you are communicating that to others. And you are also role modeling that. I'm just going back to one of the organizations I worked with. Um, I led a team at Disney and then overnight I had another team to manage, which was great. But I also knew that we were boarding on workaholics. So I said, guys, we're going to, from now on, shut our computers at 5.30 and leave by 6. It was unheard of, but we managed to do that. And I knew I had to role model that because I was looking around at what I used to call the shop floor, the, the, the large office, mm-hmm. open plan office. And I was thinking, why are we still here at 10 o'clock? I know we love our job and I know the new pizzas will come in and I know we love our jobs, but there's life that needs to happen too. Um, so I say to leaders, look after yourself. Be um, It is a marathon and it is absolutely normal to have really hard months, hard days. Uh, as a leader of an organization, you might be responsible PNL. So there are other really serious uh, considerations to, to, to get over and obstacles and bad uh, situations, especially now with the market situation going into a direction we never predicted. Um, mm. But find a balance and find a group of well-wishers to remind you of your core purpose and to, um, you know, to have that community that you need to have. So don't do it all alone. Don't do it all alone. What a great message to convey. And also uh, want to share a message to convey from David Lawhorn. He says, great show as always, Eddie Turner. Thank you. But <laughs> what a world-class guest in Alex. Oh, thank you so much, David. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for saying that, David. She is indeed a world-class guest. And we appreciate you joining us all the way from the UK today. Tell us uh, the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received or your favorite leadership quote. The favorite uh, advice, uh, and actually it wasn't maybe advice, it was something to reflect on. Mm-hmm. And I'll bring your book, um, uh, the, the Currency of Connection by a very dear friend of mine, Teresa Mitrovic, who just released that book. And it's all about trust. And, uh, and I think that's the most useful my daily or uh, as I said going back to leadership is that interactions and context so I do ask myself very much inspired by by Teresa uh, with her book currency of connection is do what I do do what I say builds trust or do I unconsciously create breakages in trust uh, and that goes back into self-awareness, that goes back into asking myself, does my personality, does my way of action possibly trample on someone else's agenda? Uh, you know, how do I position myself with this situation? So trust-based relationships is a really important thing for me. Uh, we all get very busy sometimes. We all get very distracted with our personal life and managing businesses, etc. But we need to stop and pause and just to think about our, our key stakeholders, uh, personal and, and, and professional, and just ask ourselves, have I, how I have dealt with that 
have I communicated that I'm trustworthy, that I trust the other person? Um, and I think it just ties in with the power of relationships, especially now as um, we will have multiple careers, we'll have multiple project teams. We will not have that what we had, the team identity to build over 10 years. We have to ban and disband with different groups of people quite quickly, building mm -hmm. rapport, building trust virtually fast and making sure that your behaviors feed that uh, authenticity around trust. I think that's really important. And that's something that, you know, if I could call you sort of, I have a personal religion, I'll be thinking about trust a lot. All right. <laughs> Where can my listeners learn more about you, Alex? Yes, yeah, thank you. Uh, we have a website. It's called www.lazarusandmaverick.co.uk. It's quite long, okay. so I'll repeat www.lazarusandmaverick.co.uk. Um, please follow me on uh, LinkedIn. Message me. I'll message you back. Uh, let's talk. Let's connect. If there's anything I can help you with, answer any additional questions, I'll be more than happy to do that. Fantastic. Well, I'll be sure to put this into the show notes so that everyone hey. can just find you via a click. Reach out to Alex, everyone. She's absolutely amazing. As you've listened to her for the last uh, 30 or 40 minutes here, you, you see that. And uh, she has uh, quite uh, a, a powerful network. And if you're looking for an executive coaches, start with her network. She's in every part of the globe, <laughs> as she said earlier. So we appreciate that. <laughs> we have access. Yeah, we, we, we have access. We have been uh, loving what we're doing, creating yes. those exceptional leaders, uh, companies from uh, Spotify, Disney, AIG, KPMG, and others. And uh, we don't see just one sector being our specialization. We think human beings are, are similar in different parts of the world. So we were very glad to work with different diverse groups of people. Wonderful. Thank you for being a guest. I'm Keep Leading Live. Thank you so much, Eddie. You are a, a wonderful host, and I'm delighted to be here. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> and thank you for listening. That concludes this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. Uh, leadership is not a garment that we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all that we do. So, no matter what you're doing, always keep leading. Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.